Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life, and you are host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 182, The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity, part four. So this is a part, uh, this is part four of a six-part series I'm doing on this incredible book by Catherine Ponder called The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity. Today, we are going to be covering chapters 10 through 12, and trust me, these are not to miss chapters. They are so juicy. In particular, I want to talk a little bit about this incredible practice that includes you 10 timesing the amount of money that you're making on a regular basis. It's so simple and super fun. I've started to implement this in my own life, so you're definitely going to want to listen for that. I also share 10 very, very simple steps that you can practice in order to create financial abundance, financial freedom, however you want to describe it. It's available for you. She talks about financial independence in the book. But this is really, really simple to implement. 10 steps that you can do on a regular basis every single day. Actually, it only takes a few minutes that will create massive shifts in terms of money and wealth for you. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. Are you looking to transform your relationship with money? Are you looking to make more money? Are you looking to increase your sales or maybe support your team in making more sales? If so, keep listening. We have our I Heart Money course available just for you. This is my signature course that helps you uncover all the things that are stopping you from creating more wealth. We go through eight modules together. You get a workbook plus video trainings, as well as access to over 20 hours of group coaching calls that I recorded with real life women who want to make more money. You're going to get so much from this program, and I want to give you an opportunity to get it at 15% off. So if you go to iheartmylife.com and go to our courses page, you're going to see iHeartMoney on there. If you use the promo code podcast, you're going to save that 15%. We'll also link it in the show notes. I want to make sure that you are able to create as much wealth as you desire, because that's the only way that you're going to be able to impact the world and step fully into your purpose and have all of the opportunities that you desire. You deserve to live a life of abundance. You deserve to be fully satisfied. You deserve to be fulfilled. And that's what I Heart Money is all about. So again, it's perfect for you if you are a new entrepreneur. It's perfect for you if you are a seasoned entrepreneur looking to go to the next level. It's perfect for you if you're in a career and you want to have a raise. It's perfect for you if you want to support your team and going to the next level. Maybe you have a sales team and you want to help them hit their next level money goals. It's also perfect for you if you want to learn all about money mindset and teach it to your clients. So again, go to iheartmylife.com, go to the courses page and check out iHeartMoney and use the promo code podcast to save 15%. In diving into chapter 10, which is entitled financial independence can be yours. I am struck by the fact that she teaches a lot of what we teach at I Heart My Life in terms of desires. So in this chapter in particular, she wants the reader to understand that you are allowed to desire anything that you want. You are allowed to desire more. And actually, it's completely natural to be dissatisfied with your present conditions because life is meant for more. Life is meant for improvement. We are meant to go to the next level. So then, so she goes on to say, thus, the desire to be self-supporting and financially independent is a divine desire that has been implanted in the intellectual and emotional nature of man to help him progress, to achieve, and to build a worthwhile life for himself. Thus, dissatisfaction with present financial conditions 
is the first step towards attaining financial independence, right? You have to want something to change in order to go to the next level, in order to make a change. If you can't settle for things as they are, good. You have the power through prosperous thought and action to change them into something far better and more satisfying. This is your key to financial independence if you dare to use it. Then she basically goes on to share a story of a man who wasn't happy in his nine to five job. He wanted to start his own business, but he didn't have the means to do so. But he decided one day that he was actually going to quit that job, regardless of the fact, irregardless of the fact that he did not have a backup plan and figure out a way to start a jewelry business. Now, while he was doing that, one of his friends saw a lot of potential in him and said, you know what, I want to offer you an opportunity to have a temporary position that's part-time while you're getting this off the ground. Another friend saw what he was doing and actually wanted to go into business with him. So they actually uh, partnered together and built this jewelry business. So as she says here, she says, but the first man had to let go, refused to accept an unsatisfactory business situation first before the right doors opened. So I'm not saying that you go and you quit your job, but at least be aware of what it is that you actually want and be moving in that direction instead of doing what I see a lot of people doing, which is basically remaining in denial around what it is that they actually want, never admitting to themselves that they want something else and ultimately never moving forward. Then she goes on to talk about how emotions are your go power. She says another secret financial independence after we decide that we will not settle for less than the best in life is the law of concentration and conservation. In almost every instance, if you look closely, you will discover that people's emotions, attitudes, and way of life became scattered, thus depleting them of their previous fine ability to prosper. So she's basically talking about how when people aren't concentrated, aren't um, practicing concentration, that they become scattered and it depletes them of their ability to prosper. She says, your emotions are in reality the richest gold mine you will ever own. Scattered thinking, scattered emotions, scattered actions lead to scattering of your mind power. This in turn depletes your physical energy that is essential for prosperity. I think this is so huge. And this is what happens when we go into overwhelm as well. And we go into this frantic energy around what we're creating. When we are scattered energetically, that means we don't actually have the use of all of our energy. So if you think about your energy being stored in a bucket, when it's scattered, it's not, you know, it's not contained in one bucket. So you don't have the full power of it, the full use of it. And it's the same thing with your mind. So this is why it's so important if you're looking to do something big or go to the next level or launch something that you practice being grounded, practice putting all of your faith in what's happening and really make sure that your energy is not scattered and that you are not coming to a situation or towards to a goal with frantic energy, okay? Then she goes on and talks about certain things that are really important in terms of prosperity. She says daring to be different, thinking big. She says, dust off your dreams. If you have unfulfilled dreams and visions of greater prosperity and success tucked in a corner of your mind, don't keep them there any longer. Dare to bring them out and dust them off. And she says, visualize financial independence. She says, a Texas oil man once made a fortune in a way no one expected. He went into oil fields that had already been drilled for oil by drilling deeper. And he made a fortune in oil that no one believed was there. In the realm of prosperous thinking, you can do this too. 
So she's basically saying, think outside the box, visualize where financial independence lies and go there. Then she says, conserve your time and energy. Many people want to become financially independent, but they never make the grade because they refuse to discipline themselves in their way of life, even for a time. It may seem like an extreme idea to you that you must concentrate, concentrate, and concentrate on prosperity to exclusion of all else, but it isn't. Then she goes on to talking about conserving your time and your energy. Now, this one really stood out to me. I have a story that I'll share in a second that really pertains to this. But she shares a story of a man who was willing to forego all social events, um, not go to parties, not go to certain you know events that he would have uh, previously attended with his wife. And for a while, that actually bothered his wife. And she couldn't understand why he wasn't going to attend all of these functions with her. And in the book, the author says, but when he explained to her why he was devoting his time and concentration upon his present and future success, she was also willing to forego most social events that were time consuming. And after several years of hard work and study, this young man has reached such heights that he and his wife can again lead a more social life. Now they can truly afford the enjoyable contacts with prosperous minded people who are their new friends. Put prosperous thinking first as well as last in your day. So I love this story because I remember when I was first starting I Heart My Life, there was a period of time where I had to make a big decision around what I was going to spend my time doing. So for example, there was a party in particular, and I talk about this in my book, actually, um, where I actually ended up leaving early and telling James, you know, you can stay. That's totally fine. These are your friends. You can stay and have a good time. But I'm going to go home and work on my business. And for a while, he kind of questioned, you know, why are you doing this? Is there something, you know, wrong? Even his friends were asking him, is Emily okay? But ultimately, what I realized was, number one, I was not close to these people. And number two, we were drinking crappy beer in a crappy flat. I personally wanted to build my business so I could become more successful, have more impact, live out my dreams. And then I would buy, you know, much better drinks, be in a much better environment. And that might sound pretentious, but that's honestly how I felt. And I still feel that way. I am an introvert. And so for me, I deliberately choose social experiences And I'm not just going to do anything. I'm not going to devote my time to something that's not in alignment. And it's not me thinking I'm better than anyone else. It's just what I desire and how I desire to spend my time. And I knew that my heart and my attention and energy was not in that room. And so I needed to shift. I needed to leave. And we still do this to this day. James is much more of an extrovert than me. So sometimes he'll stay longer than me. And I had to no longer make myself wrong and just admit what it was that I truly wanted. Then she goes on to give this incredible um, little statement that I've actually written out in a little post-it and put on my bathroom mirror. It says, I expect lavish abundance every day in every way in my life and affairs. I specifically expect and give thanks for lavish abundance today. And her point here is that you wake up in the morning and you saturate your mind with this prosperous thinking. You know, she just said, put prosperous thinking first as well as last in your day. Throughout the book, if you haven't gotten it already, I'll let you know, but you should definitely get it. Throughout the book, she's giving us tons of little mantras and statements that we can use in our everyday life. So I really love that one. Then she says, as you develop a state of mind that believes in, expects, and experiences financial independence one day at a time, your state of mind then automatically expands so that financial independence becomes a weekly, monthly, and yearly habit. Then she says, a businessman recently told me that his business doubled after he became 
began to concentrate his attention on the thought and expectancy of financial independence rather than on the thought of how hard he had to work and how useless it all seemed. So I know a lot of people suffer from this, suffer from a bit of a victim mentality around working hard. I even challenged one of my clients to no longer start any sentences with, oh, I'm sorry I'm late, or I was working all night, or I spent all this time doing this, that's why I'm late. Um, no victim mentality around how hard we're working. And when you shift your mindset away from that, everything starts to shift. Then she says, uh, most people can tell you in a hurry all the reasons why they cannot succeed. Yet as we look about us, we are su- often surprised at how often the people who succeed seems to ha- seem to have obstacles to overcome. For example, and she goes on to share an example of someone in particular, there was someone who envisioned himself free from what he did not want to do. And he envisioned himself being active in what he wished he could do. And when he did that, an interesting thing happened. So this was a gentleman who in particular wanted to go back to school and start a new um, career. So he said in midsummer, a relative came to him and explained that for some time he had observed him and he felt that his potential was much greater than his present work allowed. So this relative offered to make financial arrangements for a young man to attend college that fall. I know I didn't tell you the whole story because I'm trying to move through all of this. There's a ton to cover in this episode, but basically you get the gist. He started to envision himself being in a different career, which required education. He didn't have the money for the education, but he held the vision seeing himself in that program and a relative offered to help him uh, pay for that. Then she goes on to a section that's called techniques for becoming financially independent. Now this is brilliant. All right. I want you to pay attention. Hopefully you have something you're taking notes with. She says, begin now to mentally accept the vision of financial independence for yourself and those you hold dear by filling your mind with pictures of the life you would like to lead rather than being hypnotized by the life you seem to be leading in the moment. But keep your high visions of financial independence to yourself. Start doing whatever little or big thing you can to help your high vision come to life. The ancients believed that the number 10 had a magic power of increase. Thus, beginning right now, whenever you think about money, whether it be income, the outgo, the amount in your checking account, the amount in your wallet, the amount in your savings or investments, begin to mentally increase your supply by thinking of time of 10 times the amount coming to you. This is a delightful and fascinating technique for increasing your money. For instance, look in your wallet. Suppose there is $5 there. Look at it and declare, I give thanks that this $5 is but a symbol of the inexhaustible substance of the universe. I give thanks that 10 times this much, or $50, is now on its way to me and quickly manifests in perfect ways. In that way, you begin to think of how much you have and how much is coming rather than the usual deadly thought that you haven't got enough. By multiplying everything by 10, your thinking automatically shifts from lack to prosperity. Again, look at the balance in your checkbook. Perhaps it's $50. Instead of thinking this isn't enough to pay the bills, change the thought to this is but a symbol of the rich substance of the universe that is available to me. I give thanks that 10 times this much or $500 is now on its way to me and quickly manifests to meet every demand. Then she says in that like manner, when the bills begin flowing in around the first of the month, do not think this is a, this bill of $20 is much too high this month. We, much, we simply must cut down on expenses. 
change the thought to $20 is but a symbol of the rich substance of the universe that is now available to me. I give thanks that 10 times this much or $200 is now on its way to me and it quickly appears so that every financial obligation is immediately and completely met with the rich substance of the universe. Now, for those of you who are thinking like this is complete boo hockey, and I've never said that word in my life. I'm pretty sure that that's from friends. James and I have been watching friends on repeat over quarantine. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, that's an episode where Ross and Rachel are trying not to swear because their little baby uh, is starting to talk. Anyway, I digress. So for any of you thinking that this is complete boo hockey, what I want you to understand is even if you practice thinking in a positive way, even if you don't do the 10 times practice, if you think every financial obligation is immediately completely met with the rich substance of the universe, if you think in that way and you think positively, you have to admit that that changes the way that you feel. Versus when you think, I don't have enough money, there isn't enough to go around, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills, automatically that takes you down many notches, right? And so you have to understand that your energy is going to attract or or repel um, things in your life. And we can see that with people. I know I've shared this before, but say you know, you're going on blind dates or you're online dating. When you meet someone in person, if they are much more gregarious and happy and joyful, you're going to be more attracted to them versus somebody who's down in the dumps and super depressed. It's the same thing with money. Okay. Then she says, after multiplying your money by 10 mentally, if there is a financial need, it is good to go ahead sending forth whatever substance is on hand to meet it. That opens the way for the multiplied amounts to begin flowing in. The outflow makes way for the inflow. Okay. So we get this. We talked about this previously. Money is just energy going out, coming back in. Sometimes when it's um, stunted, spending money, getting that flowing and releasing your attachment to money can be really powerful. Then she says, when you're making way for the inflow, say 10 times as much is immediately coming to me, $10 now manifests or whatever it is that you're looking to receive. Another example I'm giving, thereby invoking the law of receiving I expect to receive 100 times this amount or $100. I give thanks that it appears in perfect ways. She says you should also literally pray for financial independence. Then I wanted to go into quickly these 10 steps that she recommends that you implement uh, to achieve financial independence. So I'm going to go through these here. She says, number one, get quiet, meditate, and ask the universe, God, whatever you believe in, if there's any reason why you should not become financially independent. Now, this is really important because we also want to identify any of the blocks that you're currently experiencing that may stop you from creating wealth. We do this in our iHeartMoney course. You should definitely get it. Use the promo code podcast to save 15%. Okay. She says, this act will remove all uncertainty from your mind for it is uncertainty that delays your success, right? So if you're not certain that you can become financially independent, that's going to stunt your growth. Number two, she says, having decided to achieve financial independence, I'm going to read that again, having decided to achieve financial independence, that's really key. To decide means that you cut off, so you're cutting off any other option that this financial independence that you want, that you desire, is not meant for you. This is the only option. She says, having decided to achieve financial independence and having gotten a sense of peace about the tightness of it for you, make a mental picture of the highest degree of it that you wish to experience. Mentally image the amount of income you wish and how you will live when you are independent. 
build as detailed a mental picture of financial independence as possible. The more you think about it, the more detailed your mental picture will become. Think of the kind of home you wish, the type of clothes you wish to wear, the activities you wish to experience, the places you wish to visit. Number three, build the mental picture of what you really want, not what someone else wants you to have or what you think it is your duty to have, but what you really want. Many people lead miserable lives of failure because they try and please others. Your life is a divine gift for you to live, not for someone else to live for you. Only what you sincerely want can make you happy. Build the mental pictures upon that and nothing less. Number four, say little to anyone about your inner plans because others can always tell you how they think you should live your life, but they can't live it for you successfully. Keep your success plans to yourself. Do not dissipate them or subject them to cross current by giving others a chance to tear them apart. I've actually never heard of it um, described in that way. Subject them to a cross current So if we're thinking of money as energy and your energy is going to be attracting or repelling that energy, if if we think about somebody else as also having energy, they could have a cross current, right? A cross current, an energetic current that cuts across yours that uh, tears apart your dreams, tears apart the energy that you're creating. That's why it's so important that you recognize who you can share this information with In here, she says, you know, do not tell others, but I believe that there are certain people you can share information with. For example, in all of our group programs, women are talking about their dreams all the time because it's a supportive group. So just be discerning with who you tell um, about your dreams. Then number five is proceed as you feel led to take the first steps towards your mental pictures of financial independence. Do whatever little or big things you can to gain the feeling that you are already on your way toward it. Set a time limit and plan to achieve certain things within six months, others within a year, others within two years. Set a date when you plan to achieve and complete financial independence. Number six, do not become anxious, excited, or emotionally upset if affairs do not immediately begin producing the results you desire. Do not force or hurry your mental image into fulfillment. Anxious, excited, emotional, hurried, forced states of mind produce violent results that are seldom satisfactory, and they can become most discouraging and destructive. So again, we're talking about feeling grounded. We're not talking about being frantic. We're focused on having all of our energy in that bucket. Number seven, instead of caring what people think, continue continue to persevere in making your mental image of financial independence come forth in whatever ways are revealed to you. Remind yourself that you are working with the rich substance of the universe through prosperous thinking and you cannot fail because the laws of the universe are immutable and cannot fail. Thus, nothing can prevent your success from manifesting as you keep thinking in this way. Number eight, realize that your dreams of financial independence have already become true on the mental plane. So remember, by the time you desire them or become um, aware of them, they have already become true on the mental plane. The mental plane is your mind, right? And your mind is powerful. It's already happened. You would not be aware of a desire unless it was energetically aligned with you. And in some way, you'd already made it happen. Thus, your great good is as much yours before it becomes visible as it is afterwards. I'm going to read that again. Your great good is as much yours before it becomes visible as it is afterwards, but is up to you, it is up to you to bring it into visibility. You can do so by declaring divine substance, give me this now in thy own perfect way, or divine substance, now meet this demand in thy own perfect way. It is mine now and quickly manifests in satisfying ways. 
Never say it can never happen, but this or something better now manifests. This or something better now manifests. Number nine, remind yourself often that if others have attained financial independence, so can you. What one has done, many can do. What can be done in a small degree can, with persistence, frequency, and earnestness, be done in an unlimited degree. It is up to you. Number 10, remind yourself often that every good thing exists in the realm of substance. Already exists, excuse me, in the realm of substance. Through your high expectancy, mental images, and prosperous thought and action, you become the master of the realm of substance and can bring forth whatever you wish from it. The history of the world shows that every mental demand of man has been met. Make yours now. Stick to it and you shall succeed. So that's chapter 10. Now I'm going to go into chapter 11 and 12, but I've cut those down a little bit for the sake of time, just because chapter 10 was so juicy. I wanted to make sure to give you all of that. All right. Chapter 11 is the prosperity law of love and goodwill. So this is chapter is essentially talking about how love is powerful and it's a way to create financial independence, financial success, happiness. We all know this, um, but she's talking in particular about certain uh, practices and techniques that you can use to also resolve any issues that are present in your life, whether it's with yourself or with, within relationships with clients. So we're going to talk about that. She says, it is good to use this method at the beginning and end of each day. As you look back over your day mentally for all unpleasantness that occurred, dare to, dare to mentally recast that experience. See all concerned as loving, understanding, harmonious, and you will be surprised how often those involved will do an about face and make amends for their previous attitudes. So we have a bit of a different language here. She's writing this uh about how many decades ago, about nearly five decades ago. So there's some interesting phrases. Basically, what she's saying here is at the end of the day, we want to look for areas where it appeared that love wasn't present. Okay, but I want you but she wants you to look back over and declare to mentally recast that experience. So basically, you're going to change that experience, even though it already happened. See all concerned as loving, understanding and harmonious. Okay. Then she says, the Harvard scientists also discovered that you can actually bombard people, situations, and conditions with love, thereby producing miraculous changes. So basically, she's saying when you think about certain people, when you think about certain experiences throughout this book, she's even talked about how people who have been in legal battles have used this methodology and the power of their mind to settle certain arguments out of court to, you know, resolve these arguments completely. So really remember that your mind is super important to your relationships, to creating harmony between your spouse, between your friends, between your coworkers, and utilize your mind to impact your relationships. She says, no matter how many prosperity laws you know about, if you are not able to live and work harmoniously with others, all else seems of little value. It has been estimated that your financial success is due only to 15% of your technical ability and 85% of your ability to get along with people. That's huge, right? She says, love has unequaled power because love is the power that unifies the whole world and everything in it. For instance, the law of gravity is love in action. There is no reason why we can't learn to generate love as we do other natural forces. 
She says, it is easy to speak words of love or to meditate lovingly upon those people with whom you are in harmony, but it is often those people, but it is those people who seem most difficult, who may even seem hostile that you, that need your radiation of love the most. Their very hostility is but their soul's cry for love, loving recognition. When you generate sufficient love to them, the discord will fade away. Then she goes on to talk about one of her clients who was having a bit of a struggle with her husband. And the author in particular looked at this client and said, when was the last time you looked your husband straight in the eye and sincerely declared to him, I love you and I think you're wonderful? Startled, she replied, you mean I have to talk like that to save my marriage? And the author said she found herself saying, well, isn't that the way you got your husband in the first place? And I thought that that was such an amazing reminder because how often do we forget um, the things that are important, the words that we can use to speak love to others. And we take relationships for granted and we forget that, you know, the mind has so much power and, and verbally we can, we can express things that have the power to transform our relationships. All right. So now I'm going to move on to chapter 12. I'm just going to give you a bit of an overview. You should have this book by now. It's called The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity by Catherine Ponder. So in chapter 12, it's called The Prosperity Law of Prayer. She says, the person who prays daily is certain to succeed because he is attuning himself to the richest, most successful force in the universe. And she gives four ways that you can pray. I'm just going to give you an overview and then we're going to wrap things up today. So number one is general prayer, which is probably what we're all familiar with, speaking out loud or even journaling about what it is that you want and that you desire. Another prayer is the prayer of the denial, which is actually a really interesting one. It's about denying current circumstances. So for example, I refuse to accept things as they are. I'm looking for transformation, like basically denying what is currently happening shunning it, rejecting it, like this, I'm not available for this. Um, And then obviously stating what it is that you do desire. Then the third type is prayers of affirmation. So we've talked a bit about that today. So maybe it's mantras or statements that you say regularly. And then the fourth is prayer of meditation and silence. Now, meditation trips a lot of people up, but in the book, she actually talks about something I found very interesting. She says, we are always all in meditation. So meditation is basically holding that image in your mind of what it is that we want to create, but we're always doing that. Sometimes we do it, and she talked about this in previous chapters, sometimes we do this in a way where we're attracting things that we don't want into our life because we're holding an image of the thing that we don't want, right? So we need to be paying attention to the mind, to what we're feeding it. And one of the ways to do that is by getting really quiet and actually paying attention and focusing on what it is that you want through meditation and silence, right? Because we're always so busy and we don't actually pay attention to the thoughts running through our mind. They're on a loop over and over and over like a playlist. So that's what I have for you for today's episode. I want to leave you with one thing. I want you to take what I shared with you about that times 10 practice where you take the money that's coming in or the money that's in your wallet, and you practice timesing it by 10. In the book, she even talks about how you can definitely times it by 100 if that feels aligned for you. Um, So doing whatever feels aligned and whatever feels exciting that gets you into motion and gets you into the practice of automatically seeing the money coming into your bank account being times by 10, your income being times by 10 or 100, the amount you have in your wallet 
being multiplied, all right? And recognizing that that's available to you. I hope you loved today's episode. It was super fun for me to record. Definitely take some action on some of the tips that I gave you in today's episode. You can also go to our courses page on iheartmylife.com and check out our iHeart Money course. This is perfect for you if you want to start transforming your money mindset to create more wealth. We also have our special money audio on that page, so you can check that out as well. Thank you so much for being a part of the show, and I'll look forward to talking to you next time. We hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the I Heart My Life show. Take a second and leave a review. It would mean so much to us, and we read all of them. And for further inspiration and life and business tips about creating a life that you love and achieving massive success, definitely follow us at I Heart My Life on Instagram and at I Heart My Life Now on Facebook. See you next time.